Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church or on Twitter, we're at Hope Springs Cobb. Thank you and enjoy. How are you doing there, everyone? Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today as we kind of uh, go into the fourth um, episode, I think it is, of our latest uh, series, uh, Exploring God. Um, we've really enjoyed what we've done with this series so far. Really enjoyed seeing how it's been an encouragement and a blessing to people um, and just pray that it continues to be that to you. Um, the sole aim of this series is, as we talked about, it's a devotional series. It's to kind of talk about and help one another in terms of how uh, we kind of devote our time to God and how we approach God. But secondly, it's to kind of um, help us just plain and simple get to know God better. The, the, that is the sole aim that we want to know God and make him known and therefore we just really have been blessed and encouraged and excited about some of the feedback we've had some of the things that people said about how it's helped and supported their walk with God and we just pray that 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 continues to happen I know for us as a community it's been a real encouragement and exciting time for us and it's just good to see that happening elsewhere as well so I just want to pray before we start um today so father I just thank you that you are present with each one of us wherever we are right now whether we're listening whether we're watching whether we're reading whatever we're doing you are present with us right now and i just pray that by your holy spirit you would just enlighten our hearts that we would see you in a new and intimate and deeper way uh today that, that, that you would cause an illumination on the inside of us that we would know you better and just pray that that confidence and that certainty of knowing you would cause us to express you to the people and to the places and to the environments we go into over the next few days and weeks ahead in jesus name amen so i've gone for the video today uh we can blame luke and lydia for that because they went for video last week and it's a superb um episode they did last week um and so i thought i've got to go with a video this week so if you're watching this um thank you if you're listening to this can i ask that you shift over to the video because i've done about a thousand takes on this and the one you're watching right now hopefully is the last one it's going to take me to do um but they did a great job luke in all seriousness they did a fantastic job last week as i did as lydia did in her original um episode as well they've done a brilliant job at kind of helping us with guides and helping with with the methods and the routines and the habits that they use to help them have their devotional time with God, to guide them into that devotional time with God. And whilst I will touch on that a little bit today, my main thrust of what I want to do today is talk about who we are engaging with and who we are going to in in our devotional time and what God is like and how how he is when we approach him. Um, because we're with him all the time and he's with us all the time but there is something when we shift our attention to him and therefore I want to talk a little bit about that um, today. So I'm going to start off with a little bit of a kind of uh, a journey down memory lane. Um, so about 15 years ago which is a shocking length of time I went into my teaching career. Start my teaching career, brilliant school, um, outstanding school um, and therefore it was a great place to train and what part, part of the training routine was that I and was expected to go into lessons to watch other teachers teach, to learn from them and kind of get a, an idea about how um, to be a good teacher, how to be an outstanding teacher, just how how to be a good teacher, and a, a kind of an effective teacher in the, in the classroom. So I went to loads of different lessons, a lot of really good teachers in the school I was in. So all kinds of different ways of doing it. Um, some who were very entertaining and that kind of won the attention of the students in the class and therefore they learnt. Some who were very routine and rhythm in their classroom so they kind of had a real kind of regularity and that worked for those students. Some who were very strict um, and therefore students didn't dare breathe because they kind of feared for their lives in that context. All kinds of different ways. Some 
things I really loved, some things I thought I'm never going to do that. Um, but it was really helpful. But I, I still remember to this day, one of the first few lessons I ever went into was an English teacher. Um, and she was just superb. Walked into the classroom and it just felt like home. It was an amazing kind of environment in there. Um, and watching her at the door of a classroom, um, she would just beam. Uh, when these students came to the classroom and just had this kind of genuineness about being genuinely excited to see them and to have them in the classroom. And some of the students coming into that classroom, that in itself is a miracle because you wouldn't necessarily pick them to be in your room. But she was just so um, pleased that they were in the room, so almost excited that they were coming into the classroom to be part of her lesson. And it just created this culture in the room, this environment in the room where students wanted to learn. They wanted to be there. They wanted to be present. And even when she had to kind of address or or kind of... Um, kind of discipline I suppose the students in the classroom it was kind of met with acceptance because they almost understood that yeah she she's doing this for our good and that for some of the students in the classroom again is a stunning thing for them to accept and understand um and you kind of expect I suppose that that's the disposition or the kind of attitude of most teachers in most classrooms and and whilst it isn't a lot it's not in every one of them and I remember another lesson I went into the 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 teacher in that room were, were was very strict was very stern um kind of very um authoritarian but but in a negative way um and it was almost like walking into a prison rather than a classroom and um you kind of felt fearful you felt on edge you felt uncertain and that's me walking into the classroom as a as a teacher um in training let alone the students in the classroom and and the students were perfect didn't put a foot out of line really well behaved and looked like they were learning whether that actually was taking place or not i have my doubts but looked like they were learning um and the atmosphere was just just very empty very lacking life very lacking kind of warmth and and kind of just this kind of nurturing space and um a lot of the time what what happened being in the school for quite a while is you'd see that students when they left that room would erupt because they wouldn't have been able to express or talk through how they were feeling or what they were going through and therefore would just express that in a in less uh, suitable way or appropriate way elsewhere um, and actually sometimes later down the line in their school career would end up expressing it towards this particular teacher um, in, in less than helpful ways and things and the interesting thing for me and I, I say that example not to expose or to shame anybody or anything like that that's not the point but I think it, it it's interesting because I think it can um, be a useful way to, to reflect and think about what we think God is like when we approach him that what we think God is like when we turn our attention to him in our, in our devotional time, using all the things we've talked about, what is he like? How, how does he respond to us? For a better expression, what is he like when we walk into his classroom? When we go into his space, when we, when we kind of turn our attention to him, what is he like? Because I think sometimes we can think when we get things right, he's happy and beaming and smiley. When we get things wrong or we haven't spent time with him for a while, he's kind of looking like that, that second teacher. Um, and it's interesting because the presence of God when we use that word presence of God, and God's presence is always with us, but obviously we become more aware of it and less aware of it at different points. Uh, but the idea of the presence of God is very, very similar to what the words you, you use for face of God. Uh, and Andrew Arndt, my friend Simon Mills, recommended the, him to read him. And he said this quote to do with the fact that that, I, that actually when we talk about the presence of God, it, it is about the face of God and it is about looking on the face of God. And therefore it kind of almost makes that example of the classroom even more significant because the first teacher, her face was full of um, pleasure and, and happiness that these students come into the classroom. Whereas the second teacher, her face was full of kind of this stern, rigid kind of attitude towards, okay, you better not misbehave in here because if you do, you'll be in trouble. And and it's just our expectation of what the face of God is going to be like when we walk in there is so significant. Um, and I think 
when we come into his classroom, when we walk into his space, when we turn our attention to him, do we expect him to be angry because we've not seen him for a while? Do we expect him to be furious because we've never spent time with him before? Do we think he's going to be kind of not bothered or a bit kind of passive? Or um, is he going to be kind of this silent being that just sits at a distance and not doesn't really engage or maybe shocked we've actually turned up or just exacerbated and kind of because, oh my goodness me, they're here again. Or, or do we do we expect what is actually a bit more reality that he is going to be excited and he is going to be pleased and he is going to be joyful and he is going to be over the moon that we would come and give our time and our attention to him because that's much more the reality of what he's going to be like when we come into the room it's much more of what 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 we can expect him to be when we come into that space um because and, it, and I suppose it's important we understand this um, because when we don't, it can cause a number of things to happen. It can cause us to not come near him at all. If we expect God to be like that second teacher, that kind of, oh my goodness me, they're here again, or that angry, cross, irritated, weary, whatever we want to talk about. If we expect him to be like that, then we may not even draw near to him at all. Or we could be in a situation where uh, we only come close we're going to turn our attention to him when we've done things right or we've got everything sorted so we get everything sorted before we come and give god time we don't bring our junk to him we don't bring all the rubbish to him because we've got to get things sorted first we've got to be perfect or it may be that actually um we think he's going to be fed up because we 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 bring the same junk all the time and eventually we kind of think actually i'm just not going to going to bother anymore we're just going to avoid that in my relationship with god or some other things it could be that we don't really feel connected to him we might have a devotional time, we do the things that we do, read our Bible, sing songs, but we don't feel connected because we feel like he's distant or removed or not pleased with us or whatever it may be. Um, it could be that actually we give up on that entirely and look for the approval and the acceptance that we can only get from him um, to fill that God-shaped hole on the inside of us, that God-shaped lying on the inside of us. And we put, therefore, a huge expectation onto other things or other people or other relationships to fill what only he can fill because we we don't believe that he's happy to see us we don't believe that he's okay and he wants us there that it might actually be something therefore we end up expressing the view of what we think god is like to the people that are around us so it may be that if we think god's angry we'll be angry to our children or to our spouses or to our friends or our families or if we think god is passive then we'll be the same to other people too or we think he's just a, kind of fed up with us then we'll we'll do the same thing so this idea of how we see the god that we approach is so important in what we do as part of our devotional time that we can do all the things that we've talked about that are all fantastic and useful practices but if our attitude is actually god is going to be furious or unhappy or displeased when i come as opposed to realizing the truth that he is overjoyed that, that his face beams when we come into his classroom that he is so happy that we would turn our attention to spend time with him so as you can see this is like a hugely important matter and that's not something that should cause us to fear because as we've talked about before god looks like jesus and so when we turn our attention to jesus and we look at jesus in the gospels and we look at the record that we have of him we can start to see how he approaches people we can start to actually see his facial expression towards people because it actually talks about jesus being the face of god and it says in in 2 corinthians um chapter 4 verse 6 for god who said light shine 
light shall shine out darkness is the one who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. That Jesus, when we look at him, we see the face of God. We see the, the kind of the expression of God towards us. And we may not feel that right now. We might feel actually God is much more like the first teacher or the first set of examples of being angry or frustrated or irritated with us. The reality is he's not. The reality is that he is overjoyed with us and he is pleased with us and he is happy when we give our time and attention to him because he wants to spend time with us. But even no matter how we feel right now, what we can do is we can start to turn our attention to Jesus and start to look at how Jesus interacts with people in the in the Bible, in the in the gospel accounts. And that, that can start to shift our thinking to actually see what God is really like when we approach him in our devotional time. And we see one of these and we actually see in these accounts the, the face of God, Jesus and his expression of, of joy and being so excited about being with people seen in these accounts. So the first one we're going to look at is in Luke 8 verse 43 to 48. And it talks about um, a woman who's had an issue of blood for a long, long time. And it says this. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who spent all her livelihood on physicians could not be healed by any. She came from behind and touched the board, the, the border, the edge of his garment and immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitude throng and press you and you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, somebody touched me. For I perceive power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Now this woman, the context is she's got an issue of blood, which means she's unclean. So she's not allowed out of the house. Uh, she is experiencing what many of us have experienced over the last few months, this kind of lockdown thing. She has experienced that for 12 years, not being able to leave the house. Um, hasn't got Tesco delivery. Hasn't got the kind of Wi-Fi and internet access to connect with people. She's been isolated for 12 years. So she's not meant to come out of the house, but she does because she's heard a rumour that Jesus can heal people. She's heard a rumour as people walk past her house every day talking about this Jesus that, that did this and Jesus that healed here and Jesus that restored this person, that gave sight to the blind and kind of healed the deaf ears and raised up the dead and brought um, kind of life back to those who, who had not experienced it. So she's thinking, okay, this guy Jesus is coming to my town. Maybe if I can just touch the hem of his garment, maybe if I can just get near him, I'll be made well too. And my lockdown, my my isolation, my my condition will be gone. Um, but she has to risk a lot to get there. So she's scared. And as she's approaching Jesus, she's scared. She's like, if I can just touch him and almost get gone, then I'll be made well. Um, and she's scared because she knows Jesus can heal, but I don't think she's confident in exactly what Jesus is like. Um, and therefore she approaches him, she touches him. She's worried that the crowd are going to see her. She's worried how Jesus is going to react. Um, and therefore it says that she's trembling. Um, but... The beautiful thing about this situation is that, that she was approaching God. She was approaching Jesus um, as, her, as, her, as her get out, as a thing that's going to bring freedom to her. And while she wasn't sure what he was like, Jesus demonstrates immediately in the way that he responds to her exactly what he's like. Because it says that, that he turned around, that Jesus was going somewhere, that he was busy, that he had a plan and something he was going towards. And he turned around. And it's just this amazing idea that, that God isn't frustrated with her. Jesus is not frustrated with her because she's interrupted his 
plans or he's interrupted or she's interrupted sorry his his agenda she's not frustrated with him for any of those things um so he's not frustrated with her for any of those things he's instead turns around and he says be of good cheer your faith has made you well now go in peace now there is no way that jesus said that with a frown there is no way that jesus said that looking crossly at her jesus is beaming at her that jesus god of the universe turned around away from what he was doing to show this woman who'd been isolated and withdrawn and separated and played with a condition he turned around to say be of good cheer your faith has made you well in other words i am so happy that you touched the hem of my garment i am so pleased that you engage with me in this way i'm so happy and excited that you are coming and approaching me and that's exactly the way that God looks at us when we come to him. We might think we're bringing all our rubbish, all our lockdown stuff that we kind of have to dealt with, all our mental health issues, all our frustrations, our irritations, the stuff that just bound us and restricts us. And we might think, well, we're burdening him. But the face of God, Jesus, demonstrates actually be of good cheer. Thank you so much for coming with, to me with that. Thank you so much for, for reaching out to me. Let me turn and give you my attention. I'm so excited that you're with me. That's the face of God when we approach him in our devotional time that's the face of God when we come to him just like that and we don't just see it there we see it in another situation really clearly perhaps even more clearly than that one there um and it's in Mark 10 verse 17 to 27 um and it says this now as he was going out on the road one came running knelt before him and asked him good teacher what should I do that I may inherit eternal life so Jesus said to him why do you call me good no one is good but one that is God you know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honour your father and mother. And he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I've kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come take up your cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Now, little quiz for you did you spot it did you spot the point in this interaction um where we see the face of god in a very very real and very very tangible way because jesus is facing this rich and ruler he he he's addressing this rich and ruler and it says a line even though he's challenging him even though you could argue he's correcting him even though you could say that actually you're saying you 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 you've kind of lived your life this way and it's got you so far but actually i need you to adjust your life because the things that you think are important the things that you think are going to get you there aren't going to get you there and i need you to give up the attachment to those things and start to follow me so even though jesus is correcting this guy it says that jesus looking at him loved him jesus looking at him loved him that is a perfect example of the expression of god to us even when he is correcting us even when he is bringing an adjustment to our our walk to our way of doing things to our lifestyle to whatever it may be he doesn't do it like teacher number two in that story at the start where he comes with this kind of stern aggressive fear-based correction he does it like this jesus looking at him loved him jesus looking at me looking at you loved me and there's that sense of security, that, 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 that sense of well-being, that sense of safety, that even though I might be being corrected right now, he's doing it from a place that I'm so overjoyed that you're with me. I'm so pleased that you're present with me, that you've actually come to me in this situation and you've come to me and let me correct you. Let me adjust things, but you've come to me anyway. 
That's the face of God. Looking at us, loves us. That he is beaming towards us. He is beaming towards us. And my prayer, I suppose, in all of this is that that as we come close to God, as we turn our attention to him, as we put down our phone, as we turn off the TV, as we stop scrolling on our iPads, as we do all those kind of things, that, that, I, that as we come to him, that we start to realise that we're not meeting an angry God. We're not meeting a God who's displeased with us or a God who, whose face expression towards us is furious or cross um, or just just disdain or frustration or whatever it may be. But we're meeting a God who is beaming towards us who is so full of joy and happiness and excitement that we would turn our attention to him that we would come and spend time with him because he loves us so much that he's not muttering under his breath oh it's about time they turned up it's about time they gave me this attention it's about time they read their bible it's about time they sang a worship song it's nothing like that at all there's a sense of bounding joy that that we would come and be with him and what that does is it causes something to change on the inside of us. It causes something to, to kind of be broken, that restricted and bound us in our relationship with God. That as we start to see and that light starts to burst forth on the inside of us, so actually this is what he's like. This is what he is towards us. This is not what he's like on a good day and then he's different on a bad day. This is what he is like. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. He is beaming towards us on our first interaction with him or a thousand whatever it may be he is beaming towards us and it says this and it kind of just perhaps sums up what we're what we're talking about today and it's god instructed moses in numbers six and he told moses what to do and he said that he wanted this blessing pronounced over the, his people this blessing declared over the people that he loved and it says this in number six verse 24 to 26 the lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. That he wanted his people to know that his face was turned toward them. That his face was turned toward them. It wasn't just turned toward them. It was shining on them. That as we approach God, as we give time and protect time and create time to be with him, as we kind of use these tools and these routines and these habits and these guides to help us engage with God, as we approach him, his response is not of an angry God, not of a frustrated God, not of a kind of dismissive or passive God, but of a God who his face is shining towards us, that is beaming towards us, that is excited and overjoyed to be with us and to see us. Um, that as we walk into his classroom, he has that face that's just full of a massive smile going, I'm so glad you're in here right now. I'm so glad you're with me right now. I'm so glad you're spending time with me right now. Now, in all that we've done, I want to kind of give a bit of a help um, moving forward. I've been reading, a, and I said I would do a little bit on the how, and this is my bit on the how. I've been reading a, a, a Bible study plan in the version Bible app, and it's called um, Joy, Church, and the Neglected Face of God. And it, and it and it's inspired and prompted a few few ideas that I've shared today. Um, but if you wanted to check that out, 
that could be something that, that's going to be really helpful on the back of this. It will kind of build on some of the things I've talked about today, uh, but it'll also make a connection between what we've talked about today and actually the kind of science of our brains and our bodies and how this is more than just a nice idea, but actually this is something that affects and changes our entire being. The way we think, the way that we behave, the way that we feel, um, the way that we go about life. And therefore, it's called Joy, the Church, and then we'll get to the face of God. It's by a guy called uh, Michael Hendricks, and he, he references a guy called Jim uh, Wilder, um, who is a neurotheologian. Um, but I'd highly recommend that. Um, and I hope you've enjoyed today. I hope you kind of uh, come back again to kind of check out what we're doing um, next week. I just want to pray before we finish. Father, I just thank you that, that, that you have spoken to us today. I thank you that you have enlightened our hearts and helped us to see you the way that you actually are, the way that you really are. And I just pray that as we go about our day or go about our week, that you would just continue to illuminate our hearts so that we would get to know you better and we feel confident and secure in approaching you. In Jesus' name, amen. All the best. Have a wonderful rest of your day. I hope to get you back here soon. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.